At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodger fans? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are 98 and 61. They only have three more games left against the eliminated San Francisco Giants. Your Dodgers are just finishing a four game series at Coors Field against the Colorado Rockies, where they split the four games. And my first complaint is just why do they have a scheduled double header this late into the season? Are they asking for an injury? Like my God, MLB get your shit together. That's just annoying. Yeah. It's the weird technicality that they had in the schedule. It just to, it's it just, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. And I mean, honestly, during this time of year, this is typically the time of year where we just pray that nothing horrendous happens. You know, that's just basically all we're hoping for. Just please just get through the rest of these games against the Giants unscathed and get us to the postseason. Yeah, exactly. And before I pass it over to you guys, this was an awesome showing by the Dodgers rookies. I mean, Ryan Pepio, Bobby Miller and Emmett Sheehan all had pretty much career days with their strikeouts. So we'll get into a little bit more of that and what it possibly means for the postseason moving ahead. Uh, David Rosenthal, let me kick it over to you. What's going on? How are things in your corner? Been an exciting week of postseason baseball race, honestly. I mean, obviously the Dodgers have this locked up, but all around the league has been really enjoyable to watch. Uh, and I didn't think we were going to get that luxury this year to sit back and kind of watch everybody else be frantic and scared. Um, the last three games, Jake already said it. You just got to avoid any catastrophic injury, like the Muncie injury. You just can't have that happen. This team is in a good enough position, even pitching wise, honestly, where they can make a serious run at a World Series. So, the, these three games, you know, start Freddie and Mookie and take them out after two or three at bats, do something like that. Just limit, limit the damage here in these last three games. Yeah, I mean, who would be left to throw? I think you got to have Lingo, Kershaw. And then is it Bobby Miller? Yeah, it's it's going to be Kershaw and Miller at the end because it lines up with game one and two. They, really they hope, did that a while in advance. Really hope they uh, limit their pitches. We don't need Bobby Miller going seven innings every time. He's been kind of the opposite. Not that I'm, you know, frantic or worried, but he's been kind of the opposite of what the Dodgers do in years past with up and coming younger arms. They're just throwing him out there. Let him go six, seven every time. Throws 100, has me a little nervous. But Jake Reiner, what's going on? What are your thoughts on everything going on in Dodgerland? Well, I'm actually encouraged about the way they're they're playing right now. They they are playing really good baseball, and they're beating the teams that they need to beat, and they they look good and primed for the postseason. And it's crazy to think, you know, at the beginning of this year that the, the Dodgers would be winning this many games that they would have blown out the division by now and now have four players on their team with hundred RBIs, hundred plus RBIs. The first time they've ever done that in franchise history. So it's just an incredible run that this team has been on. And I really am hoping that they're ready, ready for the postseason. And like I said, it's just, it's just about getting through these last three games, just staying sharp and, you know, kind of waiting and seeing who the, who the opponent will be. You just, Throughout an awesome record that the Dodgers achieved this season when everyone was calling them the mom and pop and the punting of the offseason Dodgers. Well, four players, 100 plus runs driven in, capped off by J.D. Martinez Thursday evening, who's now got 32 home runs, 100 RBIs, and they signed him for only $10 million. What an absolute steal. 
Max and, Muncie. And he also he also missed like a month too of the season. Yeah. Yeah, he's played like 105 games or something. Incredible. Max Muncie, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, the other players in that 100 RBI club. Any thoughts on anything, Jake? Do you want to steer the show in a certain direction to kick it off with the topic? Yeah, I uh, think this would be a good one to start with. So I want to hear from both of you guys one reason why you're confident that the Dodgers can make a deep postseason run. Give me, you know, any players, any sort of, you know, groupings of players, any reason why you are confident going into the postseason. And then one reason why you are scared shitless that it could just absolutely implode. Does anybody want to take a crack at that? Or I can. All right, I'll go. Um, Go So the reason I'm confident is obviously going to be, the offense and particularly the top two in the order. Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are playing the best that they've played as Dodgers, in my opinion, uh, this year. So I'm confident in this offense. And I know that's a crazy thing to say, given how frequently the Dodgers offense just disappears in the, in the playoffs. It's with clockwork every single year, even, even in the, even in 2020, they, they kind of disappeared for a while, but I'm that's, I don't think that's going to happen this year, at least not at the top of the lineup. I think they'll move JD up if it gets to that point with Will Smith in the playoffs. Um, One reason why I'm not confident is the bullpen. I know they've been really good recently, and I know they have like kind of a big three with Phillips, Brazier, and Gratterall. But aside from those three guys, I don't really know what you have in the bullpen. I don't know how they're going to stack the starting pitching. And if one of these rookies kind of gets in, in trouble early, I think Dave Roberts is going to be quick to go to the bullpen. And I think those kind of middle relief guys are going to be needed at some point soon in a, in a huge spot. And I, I don't have a ton of confidence in those guys right now. So why I'm confident is the opposite. It's the pitching. I'm like cautiously optimistic. I'm really loving what I'm seeing out of Bobby Miller. Uh, we'll get into more detail how I think you line up the Dodgers rotation, but spoiler alert, Bobby Miller is my game one starter. I feel like Ryan Pepio, I don't know if they're going to start him or bring him out of the bullpen. I guess those are different scenarios we can explore. But the way Ryan Pepio has just been throwing the ball all season, there's no reason not to, you know, have confidence in him. And then Emmett Sheehan, he was just, you know, that Rangers start kind of midway through the season where he just got completely pummeled. Well, something turned around completely because he's looked effing awesome. He's just pitching his nuts off. I mean, in Coors Field, he had 10 strikeouts. I believe in the against the San Francisco Giants, he went four and two thirds of no hit innings, had nine strikeouts, walked in a run. That was the only run he gave up. And then he came out of the bullpen um, against the Mariners. And he I think he had five strikeouts over three innings. And so I feel like Emmett Sheehan is probably a guy you're going to see come out of the bullpen in some type of hybrid starter or reliever role where maybe you bring him out in game one if you need six outs or you potentially start them if you want to do a bullpen game. I'm not entirely sure what their script is yet, but I think the theme moving ahead into the postseason is what's the most effective way to get 27 outs. Uh, so what I'm negative about, I guess I have some doubts about Will Smith in the three hole. He's been pretty cold down the stretch and I'll save it more for our postseason preview shows, but Will Smith's got to get his act together in the postseason because it's been a long time. If you're going to have him sandwiched in the heart of the order between Freeman and Betts and then Martinez and Muncie, then he's got to be effective. Even if he's not driving in runners, he's got to produce productive outs. And so that's actually my big fear right now. I'm surprised that they haven't tried something there. It seems like Will Smith has been just bad in the second half. Um, just quickly, last seven games, he's hitting a buck 54, no home runs. In his last 30 games, he only has three homers and he's batting 203. He's just not been good the second half of this season. And contrastly, JD Martinez has been excellent and he's come up big in a number of different spots. Kevin just read off his stats. Unbelievable year. I don't understand why they haven't gone and tried to move JD up and Will Smith down just to see if that combination would work. But I agree with David. Like, I feel like at, at some point, you know, we saw it, this, the one, this one thing comes to mind where it was like, you know, in 2018, Grandall just couldn't catch the ball anymore. And so they put in Austin Barnes 
and Austin yeah. Barnes kind of took over in that role. I feel like they will do something like that if it is just clear cut that Will Smith's not going to come through. I hope he proves this wrong because I love Will Smith, and I think in order to make a deep postseason run, he's got to be good. So I'm really hopeful that he can turn it around or step it up in the postseason, but it doesn't look good right now. To end the sort of topic that I started, um, my one thing that I'm really confident in is just the veteran presence on this team. And what I mean by that is the David Peraltas, the Miguel Rojases, um, the J.D. Martinez is these these very Jason Hayward, these very gritty veterans, hungry veterans. They're not going to let this team get complacent. They have an all season. They've pulled for each other. This is the most cohesive unit we've seen in some time. And I just feel like those guys just aren't going to kind of coast like what we saw last year. All the talent in the world just seemed dead, seemed like there was no nobody, you know, galvanizing that clubhouse. That's what I'm confident in is that the is that the attitude is going to be right. And so I feel like that'll translate on the field. The thing that I'm most worried about is I just know that it's coming. You just know it's coming with Dave Roberts. I'm just I, I just hope <laughs> yeah, that this yeah. I just hope that this team is good enough to overcome a colossal Dave Roberts mistake because you know at least one, pretty much two. There's going to be two bad ones, depending on how long the postseason goes. And I just hope that it's not one of these fatal blows where there's no way to come back. So I know it sucks to say that about Dave because he's been great. And I think he should be manager of the year because he's been excellent and he's kept his clubhouse intact and he's kept these guys motivated and they love him, which I think he's you know a terrific guy, terrific manager. But you know it's coming in the postseason. You just don't know when, but you know it's coming. And I just hope that we're in a position where it just doesn't destroy us. Bases loaded, one out. Here comes Caleb Ferguson out of the bullpen. We got to talk about Caleb Ferguson. That guy cannot be an opener. He can't be a high leverage guy. I don't trust him at all. He's been terrible. What? I think he's flirting with not making the roster. I mean, at this point, look, Alex Vesia has been actually pretty decent uh, recently. Yep. Over his last seven games, he's got a 150 ERA. Last 15 games, he's got a 180 ERA. Caleb Ferguson has been really bad. So I would foresee definitely a possibility of Ferguson being left off the postseason, at least for the for the division series. Mm -hmm. uh, holding my beer on that real quick, because I think this all ties in. So... Speaking of bullpen options in the NLDS, PDX Dodger fan on Twitter or X is asking or stating Dodgers can't possibly be, be considering Michael Grove or Gavin Stone for the playoff roster, right? Well, Gavin Stone's not going to be in there, so we don't have to talk about him. But how about Michael Grove? Because he was activated off the injured list earlier this week. He's thrown... Two appearances for the Dodgers. The stats are three and a third innings, only one hit, five strikeouts, all coming out of the bullpen. So I guess for the listeners' sake, and someone else actually mentioned it as well, they want us to talk about Michael Grove. Is he a postseason option? Okay, so I'll say yes and no. Yes, in the sense that if something goes wrong with, let's say, Sheehan or someone down the stretch, he is definitely the next guy up. But no, in the sense of as it sits right now, I don't think you need to include him on there, uh, given especially in a five game series. But at the same time, I don't think it's the end of the world if you do, because I've always said I, he has the strikeout stuff and in a small sample size, he's not the worst thing to ever happen. So if you can just limit your exposure with him, he can he can strike guys out. He's shown he can strike guys out. I mean, he had one of the weirdest stat lines ever in MLB history earlier this year. It was like 10 earned runs and 10 strikeouts uh, <laughs> in like five innings or some ridiculous stat, but against the reds. But yeah, I mean, I could, I could see him being the last, last man out of the bullpen at, at absolute best case scenario for Michael Grove. He is the last man out of the bullpen. I don't have these stats in front of me, but, from the games that I've watched him coming out of the bullpen, I feel like he's had more success coming out of the bullpen it's than it's like a high four ERA versus a near seven ERA as a starter. It's uh, yeah. I, I think thing. he could, he could give you one or two innings though. He so could. there's, 
There's three spots. Oh, you know, there's, there's three guys battling for two spots, and I believe Michael Grove would obviously be one of them. Alex Vesey is probably the second, and Lance Lynn is probably the third. I can see a world where the Dodgers leave off Lance Lynn off the NLDS roster because they don't really need him in this series. Are you assuming well, in that okay, scenario you gotta, that you, you gotta you can't be locking in Ferguson at this point? Like, there's no way he's safe at this point. He's just not. They're not going to take him off the postseason roster because of some bad course field outings. Ferguson's it's not Dave's just guy. course field. We know we know how Roberts is. He's not Ferguson's not in limbo, at least for the NLDS. If he's shits his pants in that round, yeah, we can have the discussion. Can I say something, guys? Over his have last discussion, seven, and that might be the end of the season. Over his last seven games, he has a twelve seventy one ERA. I just don't think that you can chalk that up to a bad course field day. Like that's not. just bad. Um, he's been bad this year and, and he's been bad as an opener and he's been bad as a high leverage guy. And I just don't trust him at all, at all. I don't know how this guy could be a lock. I just don't based on performance. No way. Because, because Alex Vesey is the other option and Alex Vesey hasn't been a high leverage guy all season. So you have to just, honestly, I would take, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're kind of, uh, pulling hairs here because it's like. Do, do you want someone that's actually has a good momentum going into the postseason where they're actually pitching well or a guy that just can't fucking find it? Like, th- I, I don't think that 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 there is like, oh, if you go if you go with Vessia, the I mean, honor system, basically the spoil go, system. It's like if you go with Ferguson, it's not like you're you're going with like Josh Hader versus Vessia. These guys are on the same fucking level. I don't think Vessi has earned it. He hasn't been good in high leverage either hey, all season. Ferguson hasn't earned it either. I don't Ferguson understand. Ferguson has done the opposite in the last. I don't understand two what weeks, stats. Month. I don't understand what stats you're looking at that says that Ferguson proved it. Well, or Ferguson's it. been there all. He's in a funk right now, but they have a week off where he can get his shit together. This isn't even an argument. Ferguson's gonna make it. Alex Vessi probably will make it too. But that's where I think of those three, it's Ferguson or. Ferguson's in. It's Vesia, Grove, and Lynn. And I honestly really think Lance Lynn might be the odd man out because they don't need him in the NLDS. I think Ryan I just, Pepio has surpassed him. Therefore, what's what use do you have Lance Lynn for? You're not going to bring him out of the bullpen. You only need three starters in a best of five. They're going to reshuffle. Oh, they're going to reshuffle things come NLCS. But for if the you're NLDS, going with three starters, but also one of them is Kershaw, and he he hasn't been bouncing back at that rate, Kevin. So I don't know if you can do that. Kershaw's going to start in the NLDS. I don't know. Oh, I know, but I don't think he's going to bounce back and be able to start in game four or game five if they need it, bro. Well, that's why if... they have Ryan Yarbrough and Emmett Sheehan. If that is the case, I, the Dodgers have to win this in three. They shouldn't be playing to win it in five. You go, you ideally Bobby. That's why I think Bobby Miller is going to go game one. K- Kershaw game two. And then they probably will either just start Pepio or do some kind of interesting bullpen game where Pepio is the bulk man. And hopefully they win it in three. And if they, they do need a game four, then you give the ball back to Bobby Miller. And if there is a game five, well. On how many days rest is that? I For Bobby Miller, he would be fully rested from game one to game four because there's a gap game randomly in between games one and two. And then I think there's another gap day in between games two and three. That can't be right. There can't be game off, game off. There's no way. Look it up. They, uh, they're they doing it kind of different this year. I just, I mean, maybe you're right that Ferguson's going to be on this roster, but he's literally done nothing to earn that. I just don't, I haven't seen it. Okay, well, to say nothing is just unfair because he has had months where he was lights out. He's just, he's been off and on, off and on. Right now he's just off. And yes, I completely agree. If he sucks in the NLDS, then yeah, you leave him off the next round. If he costs us the season, well, then you better trade his ass because that would be unacceptable. Uh, I don't know. Looked it up earlier Earlier uh, yesterday. He has like a sub one ERA in the eighth inning still. So despite Oops. his hiccups, Ferguson has been pretty consistent overall. Here's the thing. So... I I want to get your guys' take on this. We have we have Vesia, 
we have Ferguson and Yarbrough's. I mean, he's a lefty, but he kind of doesn't count because he's kind of a hybrid starter. Are you are you worried that we don't have a shutdown lefty going into the postseason? Is that does that worry you? Because I looked at some, I looked at some stats of some of our best right-handed relievers, and they fare actually really well against left-handed pitching. So it may not it may not matter that we don't have a stellar Vesia or a stellar Ferguson because right now Shelby Miller uh, opponent batting average one thirty three. Uh, against lefties, Gratterall 211 against lefties, Phillips 229 against lefties, Brazier 231 against lefties. So these guys can face either righties or lefties and get them out. So it may not be that big of a deal, but knowing the Dodgers and knowing what Dave Roberts, how Dave Roberts and company likes to use Caleb Ferguson, he's going to be in a crucial spot in a crucial game. And I'm just scared to death that it's it's going to implode. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair argument. I would definitely favor probably Bruce Gratterall because I believe you mentioned it. He's been awesome against both lefties and righties. I would probably go with him over Vessia or Ferguson. I mean, uh, I was just trying to find it right now, but I mean, in terms of just high leverage, I, I don't trust, honestly, either of them. If Ferguson's going to come into the game, it better be in the fifth or sixth inning. Uh, same with Alex Vessia because in high leverage, Opponents are still hitting well over 300 against Vesia. OPS is in the thousands, so no thank you. So the, you you kind of answered your own question for me, except I'm I'm not worried about what you said. So I'm not worried that the Dodgers don't have a dominant lefty. I'm worried that Dave Roberts doesn't realize that and isn't <laughs> going to just go with his best guys and is just going to go with Vesia or Ferguson because they're a lefty and because right. you know two lefties are coming up. Uh, so that is my concern, not not having a dominant lefty. I mean, the last time Vessia was in a season defining role, he shit the bed against Drake, Jake Cronenworth. So I'm not fully confident. That was a year ago, though. So he hasn't I mean, been better since. I'm just saying it's only that's been a worse. long time ago. I don't think that's a long time ago. That's the last time that was the last playoff game the Dodgers were in. So his track record right now doesn't give me confidence. Um, but yeah, I mean, that goes back to Jake's point of Dave Roberts is a major wild card. He's been managing great all season. He's made very few mistakes. Like I've been very minimal in terms of criticism of him. I feel like he's learning his lesson, I hope, which brings me to another point that I wanted to commend the Dodgers for, which is that both them and the Atlanta Braves learned from their mistakes last season when they took some time off or too laxed and then got smoked in the NLDS. They're going to actually play some simulation games with some high intensity thrown in there and potentially welcoming season ticket holders into Dodger Stadium to kind of just add some noise and, you know, egg them on, I suppose. So I actually really like this approach. This was one of my main critiques of Dave Roberts a year ago was that he didn't properly prepare these guys for the postseason. Uh, so I just wanted to, you know, tip my cap. I, I really like this decision. Yep, needed it. Um, okay, let's see. Let's just go back to this question. We kind of were talking about it, but on Instagram, positive underscore E. Why isn't JD Martinez batting third? Um, I think we can tie this into just us kind of projecting what the Dodgers starting lineups will look like against both right-handed starters and left-handed starters. Uh, so we can start with righties, which I think we know the one through five. They're not going to move Will Smith down yet, despite our aberration and support for moving J.D. higher, which I mean, all the data suggests he should. But so it'd be Betts, Freeman, Smith, Muncie, Martinez. Who do you got bad in six? It's, you know, it's either Outman, Peralta or Hayward in mm -hmm. whatever order. I have a feeling they would go with Jason Hayward at least to start. I think so too. But I think you got to have James Altman ahead of David Peralta at this point. Altman has been on fire over his last seven games. He's 10 for his last 25, a 400 batting average, two home runs, three RBIs, and he's up to an 800 OPS now on the season. He's been trending upwards. And, you know, seven hole isn't exactly that high up in the lineup to begin with. So I think Altman, Peralta, and Rojas would be your bottom half, bottom yep. third. Agreed. Yeah. 
And then against lefties, assuming they face one, Betts, Freeman, and then I guess this, you know, begs the question, who you got batting third? Could see the Dodgers maybe differentiating things here. I don't think they will, but I mean, JD is the answer. JD's the answer for both lineups. Yeah, so I, but I, but I think I think they're gonna go. You know, they'll keep the same five. I think. I Muncie. Martinez would be ahead of Muncie in this. I, yeah, I could see that. I could see them flipping that. Yeah. Yeah. So then you flip those two, and then unless batting- it's like a a Wade Miley, you know. Where he's just gonna, they're gonna say he's gonna start, but it's coming out after like three pitches, three batters now. Dave can sniff that out two times in a row. Then he's smarter than I thought. <laughs> um, so six would probably be like Chris Taylor or something. I like that. I think yeah, or Kike. They'll probably have Chris yeah. hit sixth, and then and then Kike seventh. You know what's interesting is. Do do you? Uh, here's my thing. It's like I know that they got Rosario for this purpose, but yes, can, but yeah, I start there, him. So what? Where would he play? Shortstop. So you wouldn't you wouldn't have Rojas in there. You would no. replace. See, my problem with that is is the defense. I would take him. I would bring in Rojas after the lefty comes out. Okay. I, I, I what if a that. lefty doesn't come out? He's played shortstop in the major leagues for like three seasons. But at Jake's point, he had like a negative 15 defensive run save. So you're going to start him at second is what you're saying? Well, you could do that. And well, well then you the, lose somebody in the lineup. Right. I guess you'd lose, Kike. you'd lose Kike. He wouldn't be in there. You're not, you're not benching him. No, you got to have him in the, on, on a, on the, you po- would lose Kike. Lineup. You would lose Kike Outman or Taylor. Well, to be honest with you, I'd rather have Rojas at shortstop and keep Kike Hernandez's bat in the lineup. than mm-hmm. than to have Rosario in there. Kike I, is such a postseason gamer. I don't know if I agree with that. What do you mean? I just said I think he's Kike. no. I think he's saying keep Kike in the lineup. Oh, you said yeah. keep him in. Oh, I yeah. thought you said you'd yeah. rather have Rosario in there than have Kike in the lineup. No, I I would rather have Kike in there over Rosario. I think okay. they will. I think because they Rosario will. because Rosario, even though he's a quote unquote lefty killer or whatever, like it's he's really not been that. You know, he's been okay. He's not been great. So and and I and I, you know, having PTSD flashbacks. Also, of, I think you of, can you can get by though on one game. Sure, but remember what happened with Trey Turner in that one game? I mean, you know, it's just, I get PTSD. But that wasn't one game. He was shortstop every game that series. I know, but I'm saying that, like, you and it, that... It's, he's not a terrorist out there. He's just no, over the course he, no, of a but... season. No, Trey, Turner's, Trey Turner's air literally turned the series around. It did. That's my point. It's like, and it's not even a full game. You you have him in there till the starter comes out after the fifth but inning. I'm and then you saying, bring in Rojas. what if they bring in lefties after that? I don't think I don't think that's usually how it goes. That's a very rare. And even if you do, he can play shortstop. I know he can play shortstop. You're not bringing in like one of us in the field. Like no, he's a major I, leaguer. I understand that, but it's the playoffs, and you want to have your best defender in there at shortstop the entire game. That's well, you also need to score runs, and him versus a lefty is much more effective than Miggy Rowe. I mean, not by much. I no, mean, it really but by, it, by not, a decent amount. It's just a, a notable, substantial, impactful amount. Maybe career wise, but I mean, I think Miguel Rojas and and you're you're splitting hairs at the plate there. I don't. I, I disagree. I think it's closer than David's kind of giving credit for. I mean, Miguel Rojas, you can look it up. I think he's batting like 270 against lefties. He's not like an automatic out. But I think Rosario is going to get the first crack against lefties. Therefore, by default, Rojas will have to sit on the bench. And hopefully that doesn't bite the Dodgers in the ass. But I'm, I'm guessing Kike would be at shortstop and Rosario would play second. Yeah, I think you're right, Kevin. That's actually a good point. So then, yeah, Taylor, Altman, and Betts. That's your outfield. Has, has Rosario even played shortstop for the Dodgers? Maybe like once. He has. Yeah, like barely, yeah, barely, but he has. Yeah. And Kike has, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You're right then. 
Um, this podcast is brought to you by TickPick. And I'm telling you, with the National League Division Series playoffs right around the corner, you can already buy your tickets for the NLDS. No service fees at checkout. It's as easy as downloading the TickPick app, and it's super easy and convenient. If you're a football fan, you can go to TickPick as well, get your uh, NFL tickets or go to a concert. So telling you I've used TickPick all season long, so is Jake. Great, great product. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I just... And also the and also the fact that that I'm a little nervous about Max Muncie at third, uh, playing third. I know you can't do anything about it, and he's going to start there yeah. no matter what. But the mm-hmm. but it it does very much concern me that there's going to be a crucial time where the ball is going to be hit to him, and we're going to get fucked. So that's the other factor as to why I would want my best shortstop in there on the left side. But I understand the other argument too. It's probably what they're going to do anyway. Okay, so two points. One, I think you are going to see Max Muncy come out of the game late in these games. Uh, I think his he's proven he has been a legitimate liability at third base, unfortunately, this year. Um, and I think you are going to see, especially you know when it's a left-handed pitcher on the mound, you're going to see Kike come in and play third. Uh, seventh inning, eighth inning, probably closer to eighth or ninth inning, Kike's going to come in. I mean, Second, it depends on the score, you know. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot of I mean, if they're, if they're losing, if they're losing or it's it's a two or three run lead, I think you will. And I think it's the right move, honestly. I think you got to trust your bullpen. You got to put your best defense on the field at that point. There's so many variables. That's what makes the postseason such a wild thing. And Dave okay, Roberts so is wait, in charge of so, all of it. All right. So in this, in what we think they'll do for the rest of this lineup, it's going to be Taylor, Kike, or no, maybe Taylor Outman, Kike, Taylor Outman. No, Kike. it'll be Taylor, Kike, Out, or maybe Taylor, Rosario, Outman, Kike. Maybe they'll want another guy at the bottom to act as like a pseudo leadoff hitter. Yeah, I could see well, that. Well, I think you got to, by default, have Rosario bat ninth, especially if you're subbing in Rojas because you don't want Rojas batting in the seven hole. You would want yeah, him batting. You, yeah, but you also want Rosario to get his at-bats at the same time, so it's kind of a two-edged sword. I kind of like Rosario in the nine slot just because he's got a lot of speed, and if he yeah, gets on base, and works. you got Betts and Freeman coming up. What's nice about this season versus the last two seasons is the Dodgers finally have a bench. They don't have a bunch of dead weight in Albert Pujols, the corpse of Albert Pujols. Steve Souza. <laughs> yes. Billy McKinney coming up and Luke, Luke Rayleigh. Rayleigh. Oh. Although he's having like the best year. Turned it around. He, yeah, he's like Barnes. a top 15 in war this year. Over no, there in hopefully no Austin Barnes and Josh Hader marquee matchup. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Freeman. You actually, you know, you you adjusted. You you didn't settle on Trace Thompson being our key bench guy this season. I mean, you know, the the addition by subtraction this year has been kind of interesting. Getting rid of Trace Thompson. Um, what was the other guy that we got rid of? Noah Syndergaard. Syndergaard. Um, there's no, there's which is guy. worth bringing up on that note. Have you noticed that the Dodgers aren't getting run all over anymore, all night and day by stolen base attempts anymore? Yeah, they've, they've actually been in the upper echelon in the second half. And with, the catchers have both of them have been better. They have been better. They I, I think mean, Barnes work- is still is still rough, but he's he's even Barnes has been better. Yes. They're working on it. Who Phil Bickford, RIP. Yeah. Oh, sending Vargas down was a good move. Yeah. Poor Vargas. Mm-hmm. I know. I, gets- I was really I was kind of bummed though, because I really was hoping that he would be a staple in this lineup and and it just didn't ever worked out well he's gonna get his chance next year he will but i'm just saying for this year it was just like yeah and that and that you know that hopefully awkward bobblehead night i don't know where you're gonna play miguel vargas next year well he's gonna get a chance if his bat performs you'll find a spot for him we'll see i I've, or he's just trade bait they gotta figure out what to do with miguel vargas and michael bush who michael bush sp- spearheaded the World Series Triple A champions yeah, this year. Yeah. 30 <laughs> bombs, 30 bombs this year. He, hit. he was Michael just Bush. Barry Bonds in the minors this year. And then Gavin Stone went full Josh Beckett in the winner <laughs> winner clinch game. 
Don't forget Legends. Wander Suero locking it down for the save. Locking yep. it down. He was like um, Fernando Rodney out there. Yeah. Kyle Hurt setting it up. Good stuff. What a stacked AAA team. I'd rather have Kyle Hurt than Ferguson in this. On this yeah, one. I mean, well, I, I, honestly, I wouldn't. I've seen Kyle Hurt throw one inning. I'm sold. Yeah, but we should have had more. Okay, well, right now I'm going Ferguson over Mr. One Inning. He threw two innings. You got to give him full credit. Right. <laughs> and he was electric. But yeah, I mean, it could be fool's gold. I'm not gold. denying that. It could be fool's gold. Like, um, God, the guy that is now on the injured list. Who they? Who is, why am I blanking out on his name? He was rule five. And then he went back to the Dodgers. He had like an awesome. Oh, Gus Farland. Oh, yeah. Gus I, Farland I really was awesome. Really his debut the and there. sucked. Yeah, he was he was not good. He'll be back. I didn't drink the Gus Kool Aid. You weren't on the Gus bus. We got no. we got one more question that I'll get to in a second. It's kind of more towards the end, but just kind of thinking ahead, you know, to the Dodgers rotation next season. It seems like they're almost full. You've got, you know, imagine Pepio is probably going to be a starter. Obviously, Bobby Miller. Not sure what they'll do with Emmett Sheehan, but he's definitely looks like he's earned a starting nod. And then Walker definitely earned Buehler, a look. Walker Bueller will be back and fully recovered from the Tommy John. Clayton Kershaw could be back. All indications point to that. He's not planning to retire unless an injury forces his hand. Uh, so that's potentially five starters right there. Or if they win, if they win, he's done. I, I can't, I can't predict what he's going to do. I'm not in his head, but Let's just say he's potentially coming back. And then Gavin Stone could, you know, be in that mix. So that's six. And then they're going to sign one or two guys, I imagine. So it's like the future is pretty bright for this Dodgers rotation. And then on top of that, Kyle Hurt. We'll see what his role is. Nick Frasso has looked awesome. He could have a role. And um, River Ryan. River Ryan. Thank you. That was the other name I was thinking of. A lot of options. Matt Beatty, as I call him. I can't believe the Padres gave us that guy for Matt Beatty. Uh, but at the same time, I can't. No, okay. <laughs> but to, your, to what you just said, though, since 2021, we have had, even, honestly, even 2020, uh, we have had preseason. We're like, oh, look at this rotation. We don't have enough spots. Look, we have all this this guy and this guy and this guy. And by midseason, half of them are dead. Half of them. <laughs> every single season. So, no, I don't think you can have enough pitchers. I think you go out and sign two, three if you want. Lance Lynn as a team option, you can just guarantee that for $15 million or something like that. A certified innings eater just to have. If you don't like how he's performing, put him on the IL or cut him or, or trade him. The Dodgers have enough money where they can do this. They Andrew Friedman should go out there and sign at least two starters in the offseason. Although if you sign Otani... Uh, I, I count that as one in the future. So just one more after that, if you sign Otani. Otani for sure. Yamamoto from Japan, potentially. But I think they're going to sign a reclamation guy. Andrew Freeman and Mark Pryor love their one-year flyers. So they'll have one veteran as well. And what's different, though, though, is you're right. Half these guys are going to go on the injured list. That's why you can't trade them. But it, heading into spring training, I'm just saying you got to feel pretty good at least. You know who's an early name I could see the Dodgers trading for or just acquire or just getting is Shane Bieber. It's always he's, hurt. He's, he's been hurt. Every metric of his has gone down over the past two to three years. But to your point, the Dodgers are a perfect team for a guy like that. Maybe it won't work out, but maybe it will. I mean, his price has never been lower. Welcome to the prior lab. He doesn't need the prior lab. He needs he needs medical help. <laughs> no, I think he needs some prior lab, dude. Mark can help with that. Yeah. Well, the prior uh, lab, the prior lab turns around careers, but you also have a higher risk of ending up on the injured list. Yeah, that's the reality. True. I mean, I don't know. Beavers, he's a free agent after next year. Yeah, I don't know. So. He'd be a deadline guy, I think. If the if the guardians are smart though, get more value out of them before. But it, I think to your to that point, I think his value would be higher at the deadline. 
because that's where bidding Maybe. wars. Depends who else is available and depends how he's pitching, you know? In the offseason, you have the the allure of, oh, he's pitch, he's coming in with a clean slate. He's going to be healthy. The deadline, he could be hurt at that point or he could be sucking. So I I would, if I was them, I would take take the advantage of, oh, mystery box. He could be fine. Yeah, I just think for the Dodgers, it it, it wouldn't benefit them. I think they'd have to pay more probably in the offseason than at the deadline. Although, yeah, it's just, it's, the Dodgers tax is stupid. That's that's where I'll leave it at. It seems like anytime the Dodgers try to get in on a, a trade, they have to pay significantly more than another team. I mean, the St. Louis Cardinals got Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt for basically expired Playboy magazines, XFL players, and strip club bouncers. It was bad. Both of those trades were bad. The NL West. Uh, we got it's Dodger dress up day tonight. I guess I was waiting. I was waiting for that. Dave Roberts is dressed as Coach Prime. <laughs> He's wearing a cowboy hat and a chain. <laughs> oh, I gotta see this. Yo, who's posting the picks? Who do you think? Who's the only Dodgers reporter who's gonna be dressed? Well, Vasse. There you go, Dave Vasse. Nav of of Navian tankless water heaters. Navian tankless water heaters spokesperson David Vasse. Yes. All right. They're, they're all a lot of them are dressed up like they're playing for Colorado. The a coaching staff are... looks like the whole coaching staff. So Muncie, um, Smith, Rojas, I think that is Taylor and see Bob Guerin. Peralta? I can't tell the security that. guard, Bob Guerin. There's like four of them as those like car dealership wavy arm guys the wacky waving inflatable arm filling tube men yeah and then uh, Fre- freeman's on a bear ahmed rosario looks like he just put on a raincoat i think he's the guy from it oh yeah the balloon but where's his balloon he's hold- it's there yeah oh, all yeah, you he's, need holding, is- he's holding it oh yeah there it is all you need is dustin may to be uh pennywise yeah, where is Dustin May for this? Or I guess that is Pen. No, maybe that is that Pennywise. I don't know. I'm not a horror movie guy. Pennywise. Yeah, if he's the clown is the same movie as Yellow Raincoat and Red Balloon. Yes, but that's the actual clown, right? So he's just missing the makeup. No, he's the kid who got. Okay, eaten that's by what Pennywise. I thought. Okay, yeah. So Dustin May is the clown. So they'd actually go well together. They would. It's kind of weird they are not together. I don't know who coordinated that. That just seems kind of fucked up. To There's got to be someone. It's like making us clown. feel bad about Dustin May being dead. <laughs> and then Looks like those are the only two pictures. JD right Martinez is some di- blue dinosaur. Bruce Star Gratterall, is he Zorro? Kind of hard for me to tell from this. Michael Grove is wearing a hat that says soft. Talk about on brand. <laughs> Calling him Mid City Grove all season. Well, there, let's there's got to be a, a story there, dude. Are you guys looking at Bob Guerin? It's I don't see him. <laughs> no, he's where's right Bob? Next to Dave. He's he looks like a security guard. He's like Coach Prime's. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, Coach yeah, Prime yeah. security on. <laughs> he's <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, they're all. Why are they? Why are they wearing Colorado stuff though? Because they're in Colorado. Is that the joke? Maybe. I don't Emmett think Sheen, so. Emmett think... Sheehan's got like a bald cap on. I don't know what he's supposed I... to be. They're wearing Colorado stuff because Dave Roberts is coach prime. So they're like his coaches. Yeah, they're his coaching staff. And Bob Guerin is the security guard. I get that. But are they inspired by that because they're in Colorado? That's what I'm trying no. to ask. No. It just seems too coincidental. I mean, coach prime has kind of taken the world by storm. And he's been kind of, you know, polarizing. You know who doesn't like Coach Prime? Colorado alum Alana Rizzo. I saw that. She was getting ratioed to hell. Why? What what was she? She, she took a very coaches? like old school boomer post. Like, well, that's why, like, when they got destroyed by Oregon, uh, <laughs> someone was like, Well, you shouldn't have been like acting a fool or like acting like clowns. And Alana Rizzo was like, Yes, totally agree. Hundred percent. They embarrassed Ooh. us. He's too he's too uh unhumble for her i guess yeah it was Doesn't... very like mm, maybe just shut up alana yeah 
She likes. No, I'm not gonna say it. Dave Roberts. Oh yeah, we already went over that. Sorry. Okay, we'll get more updates on that in just a few minutes. Last question. Um, DM does personally, so thank you, Mary G. Guzman. Can I get thoughts on being a 49ers and Dodgers fan? She wants our advice if that's acceptable. She well, promises she doesn't chant beat LA. Oh, so, so she is a 49ers fan. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, of course it's, it's acceptable. It makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, there's a whole generation of football fans, Dodgers fans that grew up in LA without a team like we did. So as yep. of course, of course there's going to be Raiders fans. There's going to be, I mean, when the Raiders were here too, so there, there's going to be Raiders fans. There's going to be 49ers fans. And that's just the way it is. It is weird though. I mean, it is weird, you know, to chant beat LA, which is sort of, you know, sh- should send chills up your spine when you hear it. From yeah. An if, you're, opposing team if you're a Lakers, Dodgers. if you're a Lakers fan or a Dodgers fan, and then you're also a 49ers fan who's chanting beat LA, we're going to strap you into a rocket, shoot you up into the moon for you to never be on this earth again, because those people are some of the worst people that are on this earth. Yeah, I guess, you know, I guess you can be a 49ers fan, but like maybe cool it on the beat LA and just be happy that your team won. I got nothing against the 49ers. I think they're an awesome, respectable franchise. Uh, my only issue is if you chant beat LA, though. Also, it, I, I I can't wait till the day where the where SoFi Stadium can be filled up with actual Rams fans when the 49ers come to town, because it is just depressing uh, to have. It's going to take a generation. I know. 2060. Right. Rams it's take a while. The San Francisco 49ers. On Coach McVay Appreciation Here Day. Here come the fans <laughs> marching down from the Four Seasons Inglewood. For the unveiling of the Matthew Stafford statue. Yep. Still stuck in traffic because there's no <laughs> high speed rail system. <laughs> Um, any miscellaneous topics you guys want to cover real quick? Otherwise, I have two more things I want to address. Go for Talk it. about high-speed rail. I'm good. All right. We're what do you s- got, Kevin? Oh, I thought you were... Okay. Well, here's the dilemma, or here's the situation. I want to look at the rest of the NLS teams real quick and just kind of briefly recap their seasons. So we'll start with the Colorado Rockies. I believe this is the first time they've actually ever lost a hundred games in a season. So what That's are the good, surprising. what are the good, what are the good things about the Rockies? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. If you're a Rockies fan, you got nothing to look forward to. What are the prospects. bad, what prospects? They have a lot of good prospects. They say that every year. What, what pitching prospects do they have? I didn't say pitching. They got a lot, exactly, they exactly. got a lot of good hitting prospects. <laughs> Main problem right there. They never have any pitching. They have, they finished with, now we get, get to the bat. I think they finished with the second worst team ERA in franchise history. Second worst. That's surprising though, that they've never lost a hundred games before. I could have. Because they've always had, you know, they've always had like elite hall of fame bats on their team. And finally Dick decided he's too good for that. Let's just full fledged suck. Um, Nolan Jones is someone to be excited about. He's had a pretty good year. Yeah, he's cool. Eh, we don't know yet. He could just be another David Dahl flash in the pan. I need to see a full season before I jump on that train. I mean, they don't really have a lot that they, they don't really have a lot to grab to hang on to. Exactly. That, that Chris, that Chris Bryant contract looks terrible. It's it's pretty it's, bad. I mean, it's just like random. Like why why that? I know. And then for him to not even really play at all not like it's it's not like he's hurting them because they're the worst team ever already it's just why did you decide to pay him no but but, but the the thing is is that they don't spend that much money anyway so i know like i i mean they could have they they didn't have to go out and pay so much money for a guy that's not really going to do much for you and then he doesn't end up playing use that money elsewhere like for pitching probably yeah (laughs) i mean it wasn't um I mean it was so unfortunate because Herman Marquez got hurt in like the first start of the year or something like that. Yeah. And then and you know, Sensatella. 
Yeah. So those are their two guys that are, you know, it's, it's hard though. I mean, it's, it's hard to find. It's not only hard to find good pitchers in Colorado. It's hard to develop good pitchers in Colorado and it's hard to attract free agents in Colorado for, for pitching. So it there, I mean, it's a really tough team to build any type of consistent like dynasty or anything like that. It's really tough. Mm-hmm. Which just baffles me because they're not going to be able to attract free agent pitchers. So why aren't you just going all in every year and drafting a bunch of guys? They're been perfectly awesome guys. They could have drafted like Shane McClanahan. Because they've convinced themselves that it's impossible to develop pitching because they're in altitude. And it's just a cop out and excuse to their fans. And people have bought into it. I don't know if I don't know if people have bought into it at this point. I don't point. know why you would stop why you would stop trying. You know, why wouldn't you why wouldn't I mean you a make... lot of people have bought it every time you hear, oh well, it's oh well, it was in cores. So that that whole storyline goes along with their their philosophy of just being lazy and not developing pitching. I haven't interacted with one Rockies fan in at least five years that have felt good about their team, though. I'm surprised I, you interacted with a Rockies fan. Yeah, I don't I don't see why you I don't think anybody has. They, they get up for the Dodgers games. Those are their World Series. Didn't seem like it. Um, All right. Next team. Well, they're in fourth at the moment. The San Francisco Giants. We are, they, they are who we thought they were like, mm-hmm. it, this is really what this was. And it just goes to show you how much of a weird outlier 2021 was because the, I mean, it's, it, it's unbelievable uh, what, what, what happened uh, during that season, because the next two seasons they've been, you know, as, as bad as we all thought that they were. So next Frost. year is going to be very interesting. I think Farhan Zaidi is on the hot seat. He's been a very overrated executive. He honestly hasn't really impressed me at all. I don't think he's made any smart trades. The way he handles the deadlines are pretty underwhelming. And the way he just lets free agents walk, like Kevin Gossman, that was a big one. Like, that was an awesome arm. You just let leave. At least, you know, try to trade him or something, even though they were in contention, I guess. But I, I just don't get what Farhan's doing. I don't think their farm system is going to be up in time to save his ass either. And then Gabe Kapler, it seems like he kind of lost the clubhouse this season. Another guy that's probably on the hot seat heading into the 2024 um, season. But the way they just handled this most recent upcoming free agency, they threw money at Ross Stripling, who's really bad. They signed Sean Manaya as a choice, who was terrible with the Padres. And then who's the other one that I just didn't like? Oh, of course, the Carlos Correa debacle. You get your fans all excited, throwing like $350 million at Carlos Correa, and then he fails his physical, and you just put up your hands and say, well, we tried. We tried. What about Arson Judge? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the main one. The one that John Heyman just made up out of thin air and then yeah. later retracted and said, Oh, I thought I overheard something. Yeah. I'm sure. So ridiculous. He, he had the worst off season of anyone. He had a really rough year overall, not just off season. It carried into this year. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think there's much to look forward to as a giants fan. Carlos Correa had a horrible year, by the way. He did. Yeah. And, and he's in the playoffs. He is in the playoffs. The Twins called called that sleeper team. Ale Central is a disaster. Get destroyed. They always the twin, do. The, the Twins have uh, what is the what is the record now? They've lost how many in a row? How many series postseason series in a row? Some record. Too many. All right. What about the uh, Padres? Right next up. Yeah. This is what's this is what's freaking annoying is that. The Marlins are up two to one. There was two outs in the top of the ninth inning. The Mets are the home team. And there's a rain delay that's been ongoing for like two hours now. All the Marlins have to do is win the game and the Padres are eliminated. And so I'm kind of scared to completely bury the Padres right now because I feel like I'll just have the worst 
highlight reel of all time that would just come <laughs> back to bite me. So I kind of have to save it. No, but dude, what, you can you can I let will, it rip, bro. Do what you know I will how much say, has to happen. What I will say though is that they're going to have a meeting led by the owner right after the last regular season game with Bob Melvin and AJ Preller, where Kevin AC of the San Diego Tribune basically laid it out that either they're both staying, someone's getting fired for sure, or they're both getting fired, which doesn't really give us much information. So nothing. Gi- no, given the basically all the options are on the table, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which I, I actually like that. That, that Breaking news from Kevin AC. Because everything Melvin, on table. <laughs> I love that. I, I actually love that. It adds so much intrigue to this meeting. You just don't know what's going to happen. But the I mean, fact that Preller and Melvin aren't on speaking terms kind of gives you a strong indication that someone's going to get fired. And on top of that, the Padres want to reduce payroll by like 40 or 50 million down to two. They want to be under 200 million. And you had that whole situation with Josh Hader a few nights ago where he oh, didn't want to go. Ridiculous. He didn't want to go into the game. He also felt like they weren't in playoff contention, anyways, and he didn't care. And because he's an upcoming free agent, he prioritized the money over helping his team in a must-win game. Yeah, Max Scherzer at home, going hell yeah, buddy, stick it to him. See, <laughs> now I would love to sign Josh Hader because I'm going to offer him a contract, but I'm going to say, okay, now that you got paid, you're going to give up your arm for the cause for the next three <laughs> for the next three years. You're given everything you got anytime we need you under any circumstances. If he signs up for that, I how much do you think? How much do you think you'd get Josh Hader for? I don't know, probably too much, but I'd still enjoy it. I'm gonna make a bold prediction and say that there's no way that both Bob Melvin and uh, AJ Preller keep their job at the same yeah. time. That option is not occurring. Okay. Edwin so Diaz, you, got... you've already taken it a step further than Kevin AC. Yes, I'm. I will. I, I can make that declaration without. All right, we should. We should let Kevin that. know. Kevin of the San Diego Tribune for all the listeners. Correct. Right. Edwin Diaz got five years, one hundred two million. So you can pretty much guarantee Josh Hader will get more than that. No. Good. What do you mean no? I don't know. I don't think you. I think he'll get. He, he just had like a one ERA all season, and he's Josh Hader. A hundred million. Yes. I don't know. He's going to be the highest paid reliever of all time. I'll Maybe. say this about the Padres, even though they're not mathematically eliminated. The fact that they're in this fucking position to begin with is just laughable. I mean, yeah. they've had the yeah. worst, they had the worst season of all time. When you, when you look at the talent that they have on that roster, it's the worst season ever. And I don't get it. I just don't get it. I mean, I understand that there's a, you know, a lack of a leader or whatever, but like Jesus Christ, I mean, th- the, the fact that all these guys had down years is crazy. I have it, such an epic video. If the Padres get eliminated that I've just been waiting for, for over a week now. And if it's honestly kind of the craziest part is if you, even, even if you look at these guys stats, like some of these seasons that some of these guys have had are actually really good. It's just, they've found a way to lose all of these games. Uh, it's like a really weird case study on a team, but yeah, I, I think Jake's right. I think one of Melvin or Preller is gone. And if I know Preller, he's going to be the last one to survive. We will wait and see. Tatis Jr. has a OPS under 800 now. He's kind of fallen off. He also has the most defensive run saved out of any outfielder in baseball, which is so weird. Good for him, honestly. Yeah, that is actually pretty crazy. Best right fielder in the game, I guess. Kind of couldn't, remarkable. Couldn't do shortstop. No, he could not. All right, and then more thoughts on the Padres after the season, I guess. And the Arizona Diamondbacks, who look like they've locked up the fifth seed. Therefore, they're going to face the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, I feel like the D-backs, they got off to a surging start. They were in first place for a hot minute kind of fell out of it. Then they heated up again. And here they are. They're having a really good season. They've had a quietly good season. Like they've been just cruising pretty much, you know, kind of under the radar, always hanging around. They've got a good team. It's just, you know, I, I think that they, 
they did a lot better than I thought that they would on paper. I mean, certainly I did not think that they'd be in second place. I mean, I thought hundred percent, it's going to be the Dodgers and the Padres. And then, and then maybe the giants and the, and the D backs are kind of battling it out for this final wild card spot. So it's, yeah. it's kind of, kind of crazy that the way it's turned out for them, but the, but the D backs are sneaky good. And the way that they looked against the Dodgers in the first half, if the Dodgers have to face the D backs, that would, that is what I would be most worried about. Just, you know, their athleticism, they force the issue. They're running all over the place. So they've got a good young team. Um, I've, I've been pretty impressed with them this year. 84 wins feels underwhelming for a team to potentially make the playoffs with 84 wins kind of just shows you how bad all these other teams are freaking choking. Yeah. Therefore, why the Padres are hanging in the Reds fell completely flat on their face. The Cubs are having the biggest Cubs meltdown of all time ever. All they, yeah. All they had to do is win like one game and they're in and they're going to blow it. It seems like. And then, yeah, I mean, the Padres, obviously, San Francisco got cooled off. And Miami, the Marlins very well could be that sixth seed. Would be very interesting to see Miami potentially in the NLDS against the Dodgers. We'll have to wait. Scary lineup. Scary lineup to face. I think they're looking like it's going to be Milwaukee versus Miami. Jake Berger has like the most quiet 34 home run season of all time. And, and he's become a Gerardo Parra candidate. Yeah. He's going to killer. He is absolutely the front runner. I think right now. Yeah. Him. Tiber Ruiz randomly is going to be in there. Yep. And, um, Christian Walker, not this year, every year, always. Not this year. He was contained. <laughs> Why am I blinking? Oh, Cody Bellinger. That's yeah, Bellinger slayed us to this year. Those are some of the big Cole names. Calhoun. Cole Calhoun. If we saw more of him, yeah. Well, we, we had can... him. We did. He's not going to be a AAA champion, though. He left. He'll still get his ring. They'll send him a ring. Do you think they'd send that many rings? They'd Not in a triple A championship, no. If in a in a major league ring, yeah. But he never played on the majors, so no, he won't get one. That's what I'm saying. You think Cole Calhoun's gonna get a triple A ring? If they give him out, yeah, absolutely. They're gonna give him out. I don't think he'll get one though. There's we'll a... have to ask him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's Come like, on the pod, Cole. There's like 100 players that played on this AAA team this season. I don't know. Dylan Covey's going to have to get one. Actually, he yeah. deserves one. He was on that team for a while. Um. All right, final thoughts, guys. Stay healthy, please. No funny business. Yep, I agree. Just stay healthy and please, God, Dave Roberts, just, just, just do, just do what's right. Just please, just do what's right. 15 minutes ago from Anthony DeComo. It's it's uh update. The tarp is going back on the field. Mets players are watching from the dugout. They're going to attempt to play and finish this tonight. No way. That's how I actually love it's that. It's like almost 1 a.m., right? Where they are. Yep. It's because they have to go to the Miami Marlins got to go to the Pirates for their next series. And they don't I don't think they want to fly back to New York. For a Monday to get four outs yeah. because I the, people were posting the rules. They have to finish the game because of the implications in the standings. Unless that's crazy. The, unless the Padres lose, which doesn't seem to be happening enough. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Um, so final thoughts, pretty quick rundown. Make sure to subscribe to the Incline Dodgers podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a follow, hit the like button. We need some comments below, so feel free to ask us some questions. We'll respond back with whatever you got on your mind. And then finally, we launched a Discord, so if you want to interact with us, the Incline folks, or talk some Dodgers baseball, I'll have that link provided as well. All you got to do is copy and paste, I guess, and we'll add you in. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back in a few days to get you guys amped up and ready for the playoffs. Um, another great season of Dodgers baseball in the books. I mean, 98 wins and counting. Who would have thought if you bet the over, then you're a winner, baby.
Go Dodgers. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We out. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters. Because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.